Have you ever wondered who God is? Or when thinking of God, how do you envision him? How big is he? And how do we approach God? Let's talk about this. In today's podcast, I will examine these questions. I'm Alice Newsom, and you're listening to the Repurpose and Publish podcast. I've heard it said that graveyard is the most valuable piece of real estate on the planet because it's filled with unrealized dreams, ideas, and visions. This podcast is about denying the grave consumption of the great content locked up in my computer and taking the bold step to share my thoughts and creativity with you. Today's repurposed content is from the archive of my computer, and it's titled, God is Big. The scripture text is taken from Isaiah chapter 66, verses 1 and 2. Let's get into it. If you found the scripture, read with me from Isaiah 66, 1 and 2, or just listen along as I read these verses from the King James Version of the Bible. Thus saith the Lord. The heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that ye build unto me? And where is the place of my rest? For all those things have mine hand made, and all those things have been, saith the Lord. But to this man will I look, even to him that is poor and of a contrite spirit, and trembleth at my word. In this text, God just said a mouthful. Let's look at a few things that God just said about himself. Number one, he says, heaven is his throne and earth is his footstool. That means God is big. God starts off by talking about his humongous throne that encompasses the whole of heaven and the whole of earth is his footstool. Now, God is a spirit. But in this verse, God tells us how big he is in terms we can understand. Let's get a mental picture of how big God is from Isaiah 66, 1. Envision with me God as an enormous figure sitting on a throne whose body we can't see because it is above the clouds. And here on earth, which is his footstool, we're only able to see a part of the soles of his feet. Imagine his feet are so big, wide, massive, and thick that when standing, you're not able to see his toenails. And his toenails are only visible by aerial view. As I look up from a distance, I can faintly see the knob of his ankle as his shins disappear into the clouds. So all we can see standing up on our tippy toes is a portion of the sole of God's feet. And as we look up, squinting our eyes off in the distance, maybe, maybe we can make out the knob of his ankle as the rest of his body is enveloped by the clouds. That's a big God. God wants us to know that he is bigger than any problem we can ever have. And he's bigger than any situation that can ever come our way. God sits 
on a throne. Well, sitting on a throne shows authority. So who sits in the seat of authority here on earth? We have sovereigns, we have royalty, we have kings, queens, presidents. They sit in the seat of authority, but their jurisdiction is limited. God wants us to know that his territory is unlimited because his throne extends from heaven to earth. And by sitting on this heavenly throne, God shows his superiority to earthly kings and queens. His gigantic throne shows his limitless ownership, power, and authority. It shows that he occupies the universe and rules the world. God is the supreme sovereign. He is larger, more powerful, and superior to any being who has ever existed. God is so substantial that no house on the entire planet Earth is big enough to contain his presence. Number two, in verse two of Isaiah 66, God said, All those things hath mine hand made. Or simply put, God said, my hand made all these things. So God is creator. Imagine God sitting on his massive throne and he's looking down at the kingdoms of the earth in all of their splendor and majesty and spreading his arms wide saying, my hand made all these things. Now, this is not a prideful statement. It is a statement of fact that all things exist because God called them into being. God is the creator of everything. Visible things, the sky, the earth, the grass, the trees, people, and oceans, and invisible things such as wind and gravity. Everything that exists is attributed to God, even modern things like airplanes and automobiles and computers. Why? Because God called all the components of everything into existence. And anything that is made comes from something that God created. He also designed men and women in his image with intelligence. And he empowered us and gave us authority to do whatever we set our minds to do. We are all creative just like God, who is the master creator of everything. Number three, God says, but to this man will I look. So God is looking for men and women. So the powerful creator and ruler of the universe is looking for us. Yes, God is looking for us, not to punish us, but he's looking for us because he loves us and he wants to have a relationship with us. He loves us so much that he inspired men to write the Bible and translate it into several different languages so that we could know him and study his ways. God has requirements and guidelines. And in Isaiah 66 too, 
God says, this is the type of person I am looking for. He says, I'm looking for a man or a woman who is poor. The word poor is translated humble. God is looking for humble men and women, regardless of their financial status, be it poor, middle class, or rich. He is looking for people who are willing to become poor in spirit by humbling themselves before him. He's looking for people who are not stubborn, prideful, arrogant, or pretentious because he knows our motives and he looks at our hearts. He's looking for people who are willing to admit that he is God, creator and ruler of the universe, and greater than any earthly king or queen. He's looking for people who are willing to bow at his feet in humble submission to his will. Also, God is looking for people who are contrite in spirit. Contrite in spirit is when our pride and egos are crushed by the weight of our sin and guilt. It's when our hearts are broken into pieces because of our shame. It's when we're sorry, but not the sorry we feel when we get caught doing something wrong. It's when we realize who God is and we're sorry for not acknowledging him as creator and ruler of the universe. We're sorry for living in opposition to his word and sorry for sinning against him. Contrite in spirit is when we are broken and crushed and in our hearts we're remorseful, apologetic, penitent, and ashamed. God is also looking for people who tremble at his word. God's word is the Bible. To tremble at God's word is to hear and understand what the Bible is saying and to use what it says as a gauge for our lifestyle, our thoughts, and our opinions. For example, God's word says, This thing right here is sin, and it's in opposition to my word. But for us, this thing is a part of our lifestyle because we didn't know it was sin or we knew it, but we weren't willing to give it up. Now that God's word has pricked our hearts and we see the Bible in a whole new light, we may physically tremble realizing that we've opposed the creator and ruler of the universe. But to tremble at God's word is to respect the Bible. It's to place what the Bible says in a high position that is above our lifestyle, above our thoughts, and above our opinions. So we must honor God's word as the final authority in our lives. So in conclusion, God wants us to know that he is the sovereign creator whose throne occupies heaven and earth and his territory is limitless, making him the ruler of the universe. God wants us to know that he is big. He's bigger than any problem we can ever have and bigger than any situation that can ever come up against us. God wants us to know that he is creator of everything 
visible things like the sky, the moon, and the trees, and invisible things like wind and gravity. He is also creator of modern things like the airplane and computers. God wants us to know that we are all creative just like him, the master creator of everything. God wants us to know that he's looking for us. He's looking for people who are willing to become poor in spirit by humbling ourselves before him. He's looking for people who are not stubborn, prideful, arrogant, or pretentious. He's looking for people who realize and are willing to admit that he is God, creator and ruler of the universe. He's looking for people who are willing to bow in humble submission at his feet to his will. God is looking for people who are contrite in spirit, those whose pride and egos have been crushed by the weight of our sin and guilt, and those whose hearts have been broken into pieces because of our shame. So the sovereign God, who is the creator and ruler of the universe, is looking for us because he loves us. When we hear his word, which is the Bible, and we humbly respond by acknowledging our sin, guilt, and shame, God sees our hearts, and he responds to us by looking on us with his favor. At this point, we have taken the first step to wholeness. Now God will begin to mend and heal the broken and crushed places in our lives. If you've never accepted God into your life, or you have and you've gone away, but you've been trying to get back because you want a relationship with God, I want to pray for you. And I want to pray for anybody who just want to humbly submit themselves to God and to this prayer. God, I thank you for being so good and wise. I humbly come to you and I bow my heart, my head, and my knee. I admit that you are God, creator and ruler of the universe. I am sorry for my prideful thoughts. Sorry for thinking I was the ruler of my destiny and for thinking I had all the answers and doing things my way. I'm sorry for not realizing that you rule everything, even my life. Thank you for looking for me, God. Thank you for allowing me to hear your word. I now realize that your word is true. So help me to place your word as the final authority in my life and not my lifestyle, not my thoughts, and not my opinions. Please help me, God, as I make this life-changing step to accept you into my life and my part. Teach me, God, your ways that I may follow you and know you and let me live out the destiny you have designed for me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Hello, I'm Galeen, your host from Let's Meet the Author. I want to go ahead and boast about one of my authors who premiered in the first season, Alice Newsom. I have read her book over and over and I cannot put it down. I have recommended to my sisters. I recommend to my mom, to my aunties, and even the male members in my family. 
finally, there is a book that talks about the women of the Bible. All right. And also it gives juicy details about the lives of Jesus' ancestors. The book is called The Sorted Lives of Jesus' Ancestors. Every family has skeletons in their closet. Jesus' family does too. You got to get your own copy. Go to alicenewsome.com and go ahead and read it and find out all the secrets of Jesus' ancestors. alicenewsome.com Get your copy today. You will not regret it. I've been busy. I've recorded an audiobook too. Now, the audiobook is a convenient way to hear the stories of the women in Jesus' family tree as you go about your day. I'm the narrator, and it comes with a special audiobook companion document. Get your audiobook now. If you are anything like I am, then you have a stored collection of stories and lessons. I encourage you to get that content out of your mind, out of your device, out of your journal, and share it with the world. Enrich someone's life because they are waiting for you. That's a wrap. Another podcast is in the books. It's published. And I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, make sure to share it and subscribe to get each episode as it becomes available. And please leave a review. Visit my website, alicenewsome.com. Remember to repurpose and publish. Thanks for listening.